This is Carl Hughes with Town Square Media, your host for Issues and Answers. Issues and Answers is a public affairs program for Western Colorado. Residents and members of our community tell us what concerns they have, and from that feedback, we identify significant issues to include in our weekly program. Today, my guests are S.K. Alstead, Executive Director of Giving Adolescents New Goals, or GANG, and Tanya Alstead, the Administrative Director of GANG. Today, we're going to be looking at Giving Adolescents New Goals, what a great organization they are, and at the programs that they offer. So, S.K. and Tanya, welcome to Issues and Answers. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, let's start out, we'll call it all about SK and Tanya. Find out a little bit about you guys and your life journey that led you to this organization that you guys basically SK founded and you guys are both the the heart and soul of. So Tanya, first tell us a little bit about your your life history and why you ended up with this organization. Well, I grew up here in Grand Junction and I have a background in outreach and Met SK in 1998, I believe it was, and in addition to being attracted to him, I was attracted to his outreach program, Gang. I was working with kids at the time and working with low-income kids and wanted them to be involved in his program, and so I began taking kids to his after-school program at the time and volunteered myself, and throughout the course of our relationship, which was... uh, Eight years before we got married, I continued to volunteer and just had a huge passion for what he was doing and how he was reaching out to kids in a very unique and particular way and just loved what he was doing. And then obviously after we got married, just wanted to be involved and was blessed this last couple of years to be able to leave a full-time job outside of the home and come um, not only be with our kids, but then also work more full-time with the outreach program and just do what I love to do, which is to work with kids and and the organization. And SK, um, you actually started this originally in Texas, is that right? Yeah, 1994 in Austin. And then I moved out here for family reasons. And your background before that was you served in the military and were a chaplain, is that correct? Yes, so that kind of gave you a little bit of that outreach part because, you know, the ministry is that same sort of thing where you're reaching out and helping people. Yeah, when I was in Austin, I was actually a juvenile detention officer. And so that's how I initially got involved with at-risk youth. Well, and that certainly exposes you, you know, to the product of what society and families and circumstances do to disadvantaged or, you know, kids that are in just difficult situations. So what a great step to go from the incarceration side to the outreach and let me help you before you get there side. Yeah, for sure. You definitely, like you said, you see some of the, I guess, the byproduct of uh, negative dysfunctional families and and what some of these kids come from and, and some of their struggles and how it turns out. So let's talk a little bit more specifics about giving adolescents new goals. And again, the acronym GANG is for giving adolescents new goals. If you could summarize the mission or, you know, the overreaching goals of the actual organization, what would that be? 
I think the heart and soul of gang is to help kids to realize who they are and where they can go in life beyond their current circumstances and into a future that is bright. For some, it might be athletics. For some, it might be a sport uh, like basketball or soccer or something like that. For others, it might be an art, uh, gifting in art, painting or ceramics or something like that. And for others, it might be in academics. But just to see that there is a future for them. And so our goal is to give kids a taste and uh, an opportunity to experience things in the areas. Our focus is in three areas, art, academics, and sports. And so everything that we do kind of encompasses those three areas. And the whole goal is to help kids to recognize who they are and that they are worthwhile and that they have a future. And if they can focus in those areas and find out who they are and where that gifting is and and shoot out into their future and keep that goal in mind that they'll go somewhere and they can accomplish those things. And I know it's always a struggle with families that themselves have struggled for generations and it hasn't been the family history to have hope and belief that you can rise and shine and go up above and beyond your circumstances. So what a great message that you're delivering. One of the backgrounds that I have is in the area of understanding generational poverty. And in that study, what you find is that it's not necessarily money and finances that will change the course of a family who's been struggling financially or struggling in generational poverty. A lot, one of the reasons that a person will leave that circumstance is a goal or a vision of where they can be and where they want to be. And so that's really the heart and soul of gang is to give them and help them find that vision of where they want to be and what they want to accomplish. And actually realize that it's not a dream. It it very, I don't want to say easily, but it very well could become a reality with the right focus, avoiding the, the wrong focus and just making your life become what you choose it to be. Absolutely. For SK and I, one of the things we are blessed with is that we are in the position of our kids being able to experience things during the summertime and during different seasons where they can go to camps like basketball camps and volleyball camps and soccer camps. Other families in the Valley may not have those due to work schedules or finances and things like that. And so through gang, we try to give little tastes and experiences to kids so that they might be able to to experience times of, of realizing, I do like basketball or I do have a talent here that maybe I didn't realize. And so we try to offer things, not only offer them, but one of the goals that, that SK developed early on that I fell in love with about the program is that everything we do not only is free to the kids that we offer it to, but it's also there in the neighborhoods or free from the need to transport, free from um, excessive obligation to, on parents to transport kids and to get them places that we try to go to neighborhoods and to places that might have a grassy area or a basketball hoop or something like that where kids can experience what we offer without having to put a lot of obligation on parents. Yeah, we definitely, we've learned over the years that with the population that we deal with, 
we can't expect them to come to where we are. We have to go to where they are for whatever reasons, maybe not a reliable mode of transportation, a number of reasons. The downside of that is we may not have the ideal basketball court or grassy area. We try to find a venue that, number one, is low income. Number two, they have their own park there. And probably one of the biggest lessons learned over the years is that we have to have a champion in that community, uh, management or somebody who really backs us up. If we find a low-income area and they've got their own park and we think, okay, we're going to go in there and do some good things, but you don't really have that champion, that individual who's really going to be an ambassador for the program, it's really not going to work. And fortunately, we've found some locations and areas where we have all three of those elements, and it's worked out really well. And one of the things that occurred to me while you were talking about that is kids that are from less privileged families. In school, I know one of the things that can make them feel a little bit different is listening to all the activities all the other kids are getting to do, and it just reinforces whatever differences they're feeling about their own lives and their own opportunities. And so to have you guys be able to offer those opportunities so they're not left out of that discussion, or at least knowing what that feeling is like to be part of a camp or a, a group or does anything like that, that's got to be huge for a lot of these kids. Yeah, you know, we give them T-shirts, and, and we really try to make it as exciting for them as possible, and it's it's neat to see the response, not only from the kids, but some of the parents as well. What it also allows us to do in, in our programs is in, in developing relationship with kids is then as they move along through school and things is then we get to come alongside and champion further development. We had a young man that we had in our after-school program who – Later, I had good relationship with his family, and this past year he had opportunity to, to move on in some other areas in, in a sport, and I got to come alongside and champion that development, and he did really, really well. And what we see is that when they have that love of a sport or love of a talent is that it affects other areas of their life. It affects behavior at home, and it affects behavior in school, and it affects other areas where things in life may be falling apart in other areas. They may be falling apart at home and they may be a struggle at school. But if you have that piece that's football or volleyball or something that when you have that and you are have somebody that's championing that for you, a grandmother or somebody or that says you, we believe in you in this area, that some of those other areas, it spurs you on in good behavior and it spurs you on for good grades. And I've seen that firsthand. And that's what makes us so passionate about exposing kids to athletics. And there's a lot of great athletic organizations in this Valley, but if you don't have the income, if you don't have, and if you don't have the exposure even to it. If you don't have the ability to get to those places to even be exposed to some of those, then you don't have that. But so we try to even champion 
kids who might even have a glimpse of that opportunity to say, yes, go for it. And if we are in the position financially to help support kids in that area, we would want to do that as well. So it's just, you know, that as well, that as kids, we expose kids. We had a young man years ago that came through our basketball camp and years, a few years later saw that he was playing varsity in one of the high schools. So and remember when he showed up at our, our camp as a young man, he was, you know, barely bouncing the ball. And that didn't have anything to do with our basketball skills. It just had to do with, hey, you know, come come play, come, you know, see what basketball is all about. And then, you know, he fell in love with it. And later on, you know, there he was playing, playing in high school. We didn't know at the time he was going to sprout up to be six foot four. <laughs> so that <laughs> well, definitely helped. Maybe part of it was the enthusiasm that you guys instilled in him. But I see that, that you're just allowing them to see if they have an aptitude or a spark or a love for something that they might never have been exposed to. Tanya had, uh, about 15 years ago, she developed a really good relationship with a girl. And then she ended up moving to Tennessee. But because of the impact that Tanya had on her life, they kept in touch. And when she graduated from high school, she wanted Tanya to be at her graduation. So Tanya flew out there and, and she's into, from what I understand, she's really doing well in life and very productive. She's doing very, very well. And I remember, you know, she was a, a case where the mother had, she was not even in high school yet. And the mother was, the family was moving and she didn't want to go. And she was told, well, find somebody to live with. That's certainly not what I would want for my daughter, but she thought she had found somebody to live with and that didn't work out. And I got a call that she had been, uh, her stuff was on the front porch and she had no place to go. And so we come came alongside her and I remember putting her on the plane to go back to Tennessee and saying, you can do this. You can, you can, she was just crying and crying. And I remember saying what you I need you to do three things. I need you to get a goal and I need you to get that goal and write it down. And I need you to find a friend and you are, you are a great friend. So you find that friend. And I said, I need you to find a teacher that you trust and you stick with those teachers that you trust and you will succeed and you will get through. And it was a small town, Tennessee. And she did those things. She had a goal that she was going to get through school and she was going to succeed. And she found a group. I said, you, and that was a, one of those three things. I don't think the, um, one of those things was to find a group, whether it was a youth group or a club or something that she could be a part of where she, she may not have had a great support system at home, but I said, you got to find that support system outside and you have us. And I remember her calling us from time to time, just crying and crying and saying, can I come back and live with you? And, and just saying, you are where you're supposed to be. Honor your mom and dad and, or your mom, do what you need to do, but you will survive. And we are here for you. We are here for you. And I know, I remember how proud I was to be in that audience when she graduated. And now she's graduated from college and, and she is working at a bank and has actually worked her way up in a bank. And is just, just a beautiful, beautiful young woman. And she is pouring into the lives of others, actually. And it, that's what it's all about. It's the ripple in a pond effect. You, you, we drop a little stone and we never really understand how far and how wide those ripples go. But that good goes far. Yeah. 
For those that are just joining us, you're listening to Issues and Answers with Town Square Media. I'm your host, Carl Hughes. Today, we're having a great discussion with S.K. Allstadt, who's the Executive Director of Giving Adolescents New Goals, or GANG, and Tanya Allstadt, the Administrative Director of GANG. How do you identify kids, then, that you're going to work with? Are they referrals, or are they family referrals for another family? How do you find and identify these kids that really would be great for your group? Right now, we have one neighborhood that we are in. Again, as SK said, we look for neighborhoods that have locations where would where if it's a sports camp that it's a they have a basketball court or a field uh, that's ideal, but also has management that can help us identify and help spread the word for families. But we also have a couple of District 51 schools that have counselors that have invited us to work with them. And they work with teachers and us to identify kids in the schools that could benefit from um, our program. And so then we send out invitations via the counselors to families to invite kids to work with the program and get permission from the parents and things. And I know the question is coming, but that kind of leads to the question of, you know, when COVID hit, we were faced with the challenge of what do we do with the program when we can't, we couldn't meet face-to-face. We had after-school programs that were meeting face-to-face, but we could no longer do that with the neighborhoods and the schools that we were meeting in. And so we were faced with, do we stop? Do we just step back and, you know, do nothing? Do we try to, so what do we do? And so I began to think, and I told SK, I I don't want to stop. I don't want to not do. So for the end of the first year that we had, because it kind of stopped in the middle, we just put together little goodie bags and challenge bags that we dropped off for the kids that were in the program in that year. And then the following year, we developed what we call uh, kits or enrichment kits or after-school program kits that we, again, invite kids in the program, in the schools, work with the counselors to identify kids. They might be kids that go home from school and and just need that little bit of incentive or a little bit of enrichment to uh, encourage them after school. And I put together these kits that have about four weeks worth of activities being one activity per week. And again, we follow the art, academics, and sports theme. So one month it's art. So there's four different art projects that are in the kit. And again, just like the model of going to the neighborhood and making it as easy and feasible for parents. That's exactly what I do for the kits. So if it's an art kit that might have a snap together birdhouse that you paint, everything that's needed for that kit, for that project is in the kit. If they needed paintbrush, it's in there. If they need glue, it's in there. If they need a pencil, it's in there. So the parent is not scrambling to find that one thing that keeps them from doing that project. And for academics, we do four weeks of academic challenges and it might be a puzzle that they put together. One of our projects this last year was a solar system puzzle. And lo and behold, the one that I happened to come across was glow in the dark. And it also had a little bit that told them about each of the planets. And so their challenge was to put the puzzle together and then learn about the planets and then come back to me with what's your favorite planet 
answer three questions. What did you learn? What did you not know before you learned about it? And what do you still want to know? And then I interact with the kids via text message through a bulk text program. So I'm not giving out, you know, personal information and they don't have to interact with me. That's not one of the requirements that they, but if they do accomplish their projects and they get a prize at the end of each month. And what we found out, you know, in the, the person to person program, we would get some good interaction with the kids and it's always nice to be face to face. But what we found in the remote interaction programs and the pictures that I would get from the kids of their art projects that the interaction there was unbelievable. The creativity that kids had with their projects and the thoughtfulness that they had in the area of academics and the effort that they put in with the sports. Now I had to be pretty creative with sports because it's not easy to, you don't know if they have you know, not everybody has a basketball hoop, so I couldn't necessarily do basketball, or I did though one time. I just had little drills that didn't involve a hoop, you know, different things that were just getting them active. We did exercise challenges and they got their families involved, or, you know, but the interaction that I had, not only with the kids, but it allowed me to, allowed us to interact with the families. And so it actually opened up a world of opportunity that we could have never imagined. And it allowed far more kids to be involved than we had the opportunity to have before. Because again, we eliminated the need for transportation. They didn't have to have a ride after the program. They just took the kit home and could do it. So we had about 33 kids from one school and six to 10 kids from the other school. So I found it to be and it was fun putting the kits together and it opened up a really great opportunity for us. Taking what was a difficult year and a difficult scary time and turning into something that's positive and doesn't involve a screen that that gets those kids engaged in something that does hit the creative centers of their brain or the endorphin sports related so that was just really great. Yeah I mean one of the positive things that came out of COVID and the lockdowns for us was when we, like Tanya said, it went from a bag to where we went door to door and just put it on the person's doorstep and let them know it was there to these boxes. And then we realized, hey, we could easily put a mailing label on these boxes and send them to anywhere in the world. So we put it out on social media that we have that capability. And we ended up sending kits to a Girl Scout troop leader in New York, and a music teacher in Arkansas. Oh, how cool is that? Ripples in a pond. One of the questions I have is, how about the ages of the kids? Is it a widespread? Do you find that it's mostly middle school kids or elementary kids? Or is there such a thing as an average or or typical? The schools right now that we work with are elementary, although we would love to move into the middle school area. We have kids that have been a part of the of the elementary, and the biggest question I get is, will you be there when we get to middle school? And so we hope to not only expand in the schools that we're at, but then also be able to move forward. But the neighborhood that we're in, the the kids that are there are tend to be older. We The kids that we had in the Schools this year ranged from second grade to fifth grade. So I tried to, in the kits that we did, I tried to have the art projects were those that could be 
multi-age oriented. So it didn't matter if you were second grade or fifth grade, you could, it would just, you know, obviously your technique would be different. The academic activities that I did, I always included lower level as well as higher level and indicated in the kits that if you are, you know, second or third grade, but then also tried to make sure that if they were a fourth or fifth grader that um, needed something a, a little bit lower, they were free to do that as well so that no one felt pressured to, you know, do something that was beyond their their level. So, And of the three, academics, sports, and art, we've talked a little bit about sports, finding the right venue that's in the right neighborhood. How about art camps? How do those work? We haven't been able to do an actual camp since before COVID, but again, if they have a clubhouse or some of the apartment complexes in the valley will have like a, a meeting room or something like that. And so those are, are a great opportunity to be able to host an art camp. And those are ones where we might, now I am absolutely very not artistic. SK is the artist in the family, but we try to offer the different mediums of art, maybe a sketching or clay or something like that. So there's something for the different mediums of art that they can experience. So, so it's kind of neat. Again, we're about trying to develop proficiency and and subsequent confidence and art's really cool because sometimes you reveal a talent that a kid didn't know that he or she had. And it's really neat because they all of a sudden it's like, wow, I can do that. And then you see some confidence start to grow. How's the best way for people to find out more about you? Facebook, website, what's, or both? What do you think? Probably both. I, our website is positivegang.org, positivegang.org. And we also do have a Facebook page with a lot of information on it. So those are probably the two best ways. And it seems like an enormous undertaking, and the two of you are, do you have volunteers as well? We do. We, um, right now, it's, you know, especially since COVID hit, it's kind of come down to the two of us because, you know, when you're working out of your house and not have, being in, indoors, this year we did, in addition to our regular sports camp, we had a great volunteer effort come from a local baseball team that allowed us to do a baseball camp at one of our locations, which was awesome. So we were so thankful for their willingness to volunteer to come. And not only was it some adults, but some youth who came and volunteered for the morning to offer their baseball skills and things for that baseball camp. So I would think another great thing that people in the community when they now hear about what great work you're doing and what what projects and how you're impacting all of these lives, another thing people can do is make a tax-deductible donation because you are a 501c3 nonprofit. Yes. And so is that also through the website then? Is the best way to contact you for that? Yes, it's on the website. And everything we do, we are 100% funded through donations. We do a fundraiser a couple fundraisers every year, but primarily it's through the generosity of donors. Now, I know you've got a great event coming up on October 1st. Tell us a little bit about that and what that is going to entail. Uh, when I was in the Army, my best Army buddy lost both legs 
and an explosion. He came back and just, he's an amazing individual. His name is J.P. Lane, and he dedicated himself to his music. And so he's really developed quite a reputation in Texas. He lives in San Antonio. He has a partner that a lot of times they're a duo and they play together, Steve Martin. He jokes and says he's the other Steve Martin, but uh, he's a country singer and they play together a lot. And so they're going to come out and do a show for us. Now, this is going to be really unique. It's going to also have a strong suicide awareness prevention message to it. I can't even imagine what it's like when you wake up from a coma and look down and realize you don't have any legs. After that, he struggled with a lot of depression and just, again, a lot of issues that that most of us can't even fathom. So he had the depression, the suicidal depression for a while, and he's willing to share that with people. Steve's dad actually committed suicide, so he's got that perspective on the issue. And then we've got a man who actually attempted to kill himself. He shot himself in the head and miraculously, not only did he survive, but he's able to function fairly normally. And so he's going to be there and share his story. So it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, there is going to be some entertainment, but there's also going to be a pretty serious, heavy message. But we hope that it's really going to encourage some people. Well, the message sounds like it is about hope. Where is it going to be and at what time? And is there a cost? It's going to be at Valley Bible Church. It's going to be Saturday, October 1st from 6.30 to 8.30. And admission is free. We'll request donations at the end to benefit our organization. But again, the admission is free. We just we want people to come out. And if they've been directly or indirectly affected by suicide, we just want people to come out and hopefully they'll get encouraged. Um, they can share their grief with some other people. Hopefully just uh, help them out. Tell us one more time uh, the best way to contact you, website address. Positivegang.org. That's one word, positivegang.org. And then the Facebook page is Giving Adolescents New Goals. Well, SK and Tanya, I want to thank you for joining us today on Issues and Answers. And I hope people listen to this and go to the podcast, listen to it again, and just learn how much wonderful work is being done by your organization. So thank you again for coming in. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. We're so grateful to you and Town Square Media for giving us this opportunity. We really appreciate it. Well, we thank you guys. This has been Issues and Answers from Town Square Media. If you would like to suggest a topic for our weekly program, simply open our station app and hit the app chat feature to send us a note about an issue you would like to hear discussed on Issues and Answers. You can also reach us by phone by dialing 970-242-7788. I'm Carl Hughes. Join us next week for another round of Issues and Answers with Town Square Media.